This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're going to wrap up this week our, our uh, series on Level Up. We've been talking about how do we move a level up in very just various different aspects of our Christian life. And uh, this morning I want to talk about a subject that's actually related to uh, last week. Last week we talked about leveling up in our faith. This week we're talking about leveling up in our expressions of our faith. A little different. Uh, expression is to express outwardly what is an inward emotion or a feeling or a conviction or a belief. And we're expressive. I, I was thinking I've got a little, I've got uh, three granddaughters. My, the youngest one is Michael and Nadia's granddaughter. Her name is Mariah. And she, just, she's cute as she can be but she is extremely expressive. And if you see Mariah, it's either, it's either thunderclouds or sunshine. And it can change just like, just like that. It, it can happen real quick. But she's very expressive. On her face, she can tell exactly what's going on. And uh, she's just, just an expressive child. And so we're, we're encouraged to learn how to manage expression. You, you want to, especially if they're not good, um, you want to manage those. And so you, you often will see people say, you know, hey, you, you need to keep your expressions of your emotions down sometimes. But when, when we're happy, we need to certainly show that. But when we're having negative emotions, we, we need to be able to watch that. I uh, read about a young man who was a first day on the job, HEB in the produce department. He's working. And an elderly lady came up to him, and she was holding a head of lettuce. She said, I, I want to buy half a head of lettuce. And... <laughs> He tried to dissuade her from doing that, but she just persisted in her goal. And so he finally just took the head of lettuce and he said, I'll have to go talk to a manager. And he turned around and walked away. He didn't realize that she followed him, just walked right with him. So he finds a manager on another aisle and he walks up. He goes, hey, there's some old hag here in produce who, who wants to buy a, a half a head of lettuce. And he saw the horrified look on the manager's face and he turned around and, and saw the lady and he smiled. He said, and this lovely young lady would like to buy the other half. Is that, is that, is that okay? Can we make that happen? And uh, his, his manager said, yes, we, we can do that. And then the manager came and found him a couple hours later and congratulated him on, on quick thinking and uh, said, uh, Man, that was pretty good, son. He said, where are you from? And he smiled. He said, I'm from Toronto, Canada, sir, home of beautiful hockey players and ugly women. The manager looked at him and <laughs> said, my wife's from Toronto. <laughs> he smiled. He said, really? What team does she play for? <laughs> so if you are going to express yourself, especially negative, you better have a quick thinking. You better be able to, to bail out of that. You realize that you can actually strengthen some things by your expression. You know, love can be strengthened with expression. We have a, uh, uh, our family... It's, it's not what I would call very huggy, kissy, touchy family. But we're very verbal about it. Love you. Love you. We say, I love you all the time. Love you. All the, all the kids, the boys, the, everyone is, I love you. I love you. So we express that. And, and that's good. That's good to express that. That's something everyone can do. Not just with expressions, but also with actions. You can give. Gifts. Uh, some people give gifts. That's how they, they love. Joy loves to give gifts and wrap them up real pretty. I put things in the box and hand it. Joy just does them real nice and pretty. She loves to do that. It's an expression of love. But it's good to express that. And in fact, I've heard some people say, uh, my, my husband never tells me he loves me. And 
you know, and the husband's reply is, I told you I loved you when I married you. And that was like 30 years ago. And so you can, you can back that up a little bit. You just, just a tip. It's just, just try it. But I love you is it, wonderful. In fact, they also have done a study, an actual uh, a government study out of UCLA that's found that one of the best ways to increase good feelings in any kind of loving relationship is simply by your expression, by your response. So if, if your spouse says something good happened today and you smile and, and express your joy at that, they said immediately it creates a greater bond. If your child says, you know, I, I made this team or I did good on this, and you high five or you smile, it creates a bond. And so our, our love can be strengthened with expression, but so can our faith. Our faith is strengthened with expression. Let me show you what James said here. Book of James, James is very blunt. He said, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, we use action, expression, is dead. In other words, it's lifeless. There's got to be some action to it. And so we find that, that giving action or expression to your faith actually strengthens it. And we can learn that a really interesting thing. We can actually begin to express what we believe even, even above what we feel. So I know we've been taught, you know, just how I feel, how I feel. And nothing wrong with that, but there are some things that come up higher. When I joy, the Lord used joy years ago to help bring me back to the Lord. I'd been away from him, and she helped bring me. Uh, the Lord just really used her mightily. In fact, many of you know the story, but you know about me running on the golf course and, and, and praying and, it's, and just telling the Lord, I, I run from you all my life. Here's my life. I give my life to you. And uh, I went up and saw Joy knocked on her door. She was staying at her sister's apartment, same complex. Knocked on her door, told her that I'd given my life back to the Lord. Told her that the Lord told me that she was going to be my wife. She, uh, <laughs> she smiled real sweet. She said, that's great, but he didn't tell me that. <laughs> and, but I, I haven't told a lot of you what happened when I went back to my apartment. So I went back, same complex. I went back to my apartment. I walked up. I walked right over to the pantry and opened the door where most people have food. I had my box of marijuana. Oh, don't act so shocked. Come on. <laughs> I, I, had, I had my marijuana in there. I had my rolling papers. I had my bong. They still use bongs? Don't, don't answer that. Don't, don't. <laughs> I had all that. And, and I, I'd just given my life to the Lord. And I thought, I'm going to throw this away. So I walked. Just took it right out of the pantry, walked. Later on, I thought, I should have covered that up because here I go walking through my apartment complex with a bong and all this pot in it. And I went and, I went and threw it away because I believed, I believed that the Lord didn't want me smoking weed and getting high. And so I threw it away. So that was giving action to my faith. When, when Joy and I were, when Joy, <laughs> Joy and I were, were dating, we were engaged, we weren't married yet, we had to come up with some guidelines because she had an apartment, I had an apartment, I'd go see her at her apartment. Invariably, if we were having like a major makeout session, um, <laughs> for all you Gen Zers that just think that is so gross, this is a long time ago, folks. So 
and we're not dead yet. So <laughs> we, would, we would have these major makeout, and finally we, did, we said, we believe that we should keep our relationship pure. So we had to, we, we had to, we had like rules, boundaries. Can't kiss on the floor. Can't do, we had all these kind of guidelines. I, I had to back that girl up off of me. I just had to, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in deep now. I might as well just go on, right? The idea, the idea behind it is that we had beliefs and our beliefs were stronger than our feelings. And so when we act on our beliefs, we're giving action to our faith. We believe that's what the, the Lord wanted us to do. And really, if you think about it, when, you give, when, when your beliefs are based on the truth of God's word and, and you act on that, it's powerful. That, that's how we got saved. You got saved by somebody. Maybe it, was, maybe it was a parent. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe someone shared with you. Maybe in church. You're sitting in church or watching online. And you heard someone say that Jesus is the Son of God. That he, is a, he was born of a virgin. That he lived a sinless life. That he died for our sins on the cross. But after three days, God raised him from the dead. And he's alive forevermore. The King of kings and Lord of lords. And at some point in time, after hearing that... You made a decision to act on that, where you prayed in here or prayed someone else. You acted on what you believed, and it brought salvation into your life. It's a powerful thing when we simply act on what we believe. Now, there's a great story in the New Testament. I have, I've shared it before, and if you've heard me share this same text before, don't think how many times you've heard it. Think, what have I learned from it, and what am I applying in my life? It's the story of Bartimaeus, and it, it goes here in, in Mark. Then they came to Jericho, it's Jesus. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called to the blind man, said, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is a great story of, of expressing faith. Bartimaeus was blind. He, he was sitting by the roadside begging. That's the only way he could survive was getting money from people who passed by. And evidently that didn't bother him. Nobody mentioned being bothered by that. But then he heard something. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by. And he, he had heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. And here's what he must have heard. This Jesus works miracles. This Jesus is a healer. This Jesus has raised the dead and opened the eyes of the blind and healed lepers and lame or walking. This Jesus is amazing. And so when he heard that, that it was Jesus, he believed that. And he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, he's blind. He, he can't run to go see Jesus. He, he, he's, got, he's doing the only thing he knows how to do. And he began to express, Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David, to the point where it annoyed other people. 
You know, if you've ever been around someone who's just really loud and boisterous, it's awkward. And, and people were like, you know, come on, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Hush, hush. I love the fact that Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus could have listened to all those people from whom he begged money from. He could have listened to them. He could have thought, well, you know, I make, I make income from these people. I need to hush. But Bartimaeus believed that Jesus was his only chance to come out of being blind. So he yelled all the more, got louder. They're like, hush, Bartimaeus. He's like, Jesus! Well, just think about it. If Jesus is leaving with a large crowd, you've got to be pretty loud to hear him over that crowd. And then Jesus stopped and said, call him. Now, as soon as Bartimaeus knows that Jesus is not going to reject him, that Jesus is not going to pass him by, he stops yelling. And they said, and then the same people who told him to shut up said, be of good cheer. <laughs> He's calling you. You're like, okay. But he just, he did something, I think, that this is such a great show of faith. The Bible says as soon as he knew that Jesus wanted to see him, he said he threw his clothes away. Now, historians tell us this. Those, those cloaks that they wore, these blind people were checked and, and lame people were checked by the Jewish leaders of that day, and they wanted to make sure they weren't running a scam. And so if you had this coat on, the coat really was a verification that you actually were blind. And so that coat was a license to beg. And so he's got that coat on, and he said, Jesus, is, the miracle worker is calling you. And he picks that coat up, and he throws it away. You talk about an act of faith. What's he saying? I'm not planning on staying blind any longer. I'm not planning on this situation staying the same. I'm coming to Jesus. Things are about to change right up in here right now. He threw it away. And when he comes to Jesus, here's another expression of his faith. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Now, in, sometimes you want to go, Lord, he's blind. But he could have asked for money. He could have asked for a blessing. He just, he said, what do you want me to do? He was not embarrassed to ask big. He steps up and goes, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. And he was healed right there on the spot. He wasn't embarrassed, and then he did something really smart. After Jesus healed him, he followed Jesus. You know, when Jesus does something good in your life, might as well follow him along the road. And that's exactly what he did. All those things were expressions of his faith. So this morning, let me give you, before we close, let me give you three expressions of faith. I'm going to take a little bit of a different twist here, because I'm going to take it right out of a passage in Philippians. Three expressions of faith that we can level up in our lives. Here's the, the, the scripture reference in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let me give you three things. Three areas that you can level up. Here's the first one, rejoice. Rejoice simply means an expression of joy. I'm going to express, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord. What, what, what's that mean? I'm rejoicing in who Jesus is and what he's done for me. I'm rejoicing that I have a Savior. I, I can rejoice. Every day, I can be grateful I have a Savior. Every day, I can rejoice that not only have a Savior, I have a healer, I have a shepherd, I have a provider, I have a friend, I have a protector. I got somebody in my life who's good to me, and I can rejoice in that. 
You say, well, I got a lot of other things going on. It didn't say rejoice in all the other stuff going on. It said rejoice in the Lord. Now, in 1982, uh, there was a football game in Wisconsin up at Camp Randall Stadium. Wisconsin Badgers were playing the uh, Michigan State, I think, what, what are they, the Wolverines? Oh, the Spartans. I'm sorry, Michigan fans don't send me nasty letters. Anyway, they were, they were playing Spartans, and it became very evident to the 60,000 people that were there, beautiful October day, beautiful day. It became very evident that, that Wisconsin was going to get thrashed, and it was really bad. And the score became more and more lopsided, but during the game, there were these pockets of, pockets of Wisconsin fans who were cheering and shouting. Their team's getting killed, and they're cheering and shouting. And they're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. But remember, this is 1982. And what they found is a lot of fans had brought uh, portable radios. Google it. Portable radios that, that, you would, that you would bring, and they were listening to the Milwaukee Brewers playing the St. Louis Cardinals in the third game of the World Series. And Milwaukee was winning. So they're listening to the, to the radio. Their team's getting killed, and they're listening going, whoo, and they're shouting and rejoicing even though their team's getting killed. When I read that, I went, what a perfect picture of rejoicing in the Lord. Everything can be going to hell in a handbasket out here, but you're hearing something else. You're hearing, you got a savior, you got a healer, you got a provider, you got somebody that's good. I can rejoice in that regardless of what's taking place. Rejoice in the Lord. And Paul said, I'm going to tell you again. He said, rejoice always. So that's an area to level up. Here's the next one. This one is very interesting. He said, let your gentleness be known or evident to all the Lord is near. Now that's, he said, if you look that word up, that gentleness actually means graciousness. Graciousness means kindness, politeness, courtesy, uh, a disposition to show favors, generosity of spirit. One of, the, one of the best stories I've heard about graciousness was from a little 10-year-old boy. Years ago, uh, drugstores used to have ice cream-like counters there. And he popped in to an ice cream counter, sat down, and he asked the very, very busy, kind of abrupt waitress, he said, uh, how much is a chocolate sundae? She said, 50 cents. So he pulls his money out and he starts counting. She's waiting. And he says, how much is uh, a plain dish of ice cream? She says, 35 cents. He said, I have a plain dish of ice cream. So she rolled her eyes and brought the ice cream, plopped it down in front of him, walked, walked away. Came back about 15 minutes later, the little boy's gone, ice cream's gone. And she picked up the, the bowl, and when she did, she swallowed hard. Because right there on the table were two nickels and five pennies. You see, he had enough to get a Sunday, but he didn't have enough to give, get a Sunday and give her a tip. That's graciousness. Predisposed just to, I mean, she was rolling her eyes at him, and he was gracious to her. Here's the thing. He says, let your graciousness be known to all men. The Lord's at hand. You know, there are three areas of, of, of expressions of faith. One is believing we have the capacity to be gracious. The ability to be gracious, and that graciousness is evident. So graciousness is one. Two, the Lord is near. Well, here's another area we can believe. If I believe that the Lord who I'm rejoicing in if I believe he's never going to leave me or forsake me, he's near to me. Then I can, be, I can be gracious to other people because he has been gracious to me. He has been good. 
I won't ask for a show of hands, but a lot of us could say, you know, the Lord has been a lot better to me than I deserve. He's been gracious. And because he's been gracious, I can be gracious. And then here's the third verse. The Lord is near, meaning that he's aware of what I'm doing. So he's aware of how I treat people. It takes faith to treat people well. And guys, can I just simply tell you as, as the body of Christ, we're going to win a lot more people to him by our graciousness and by our anger. Let your graciousness be known to all men. The Lord's near. And then here's the last one. A, a third expression of our faith is to pray about it and not worry about it. Pray about it. Said, Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, that, that's big and small. Let your requests be made known to God. In everything, big and small. So listen, we can worry about it or we can pray. If we're praying, what we're saying is, we believe that God can help us in this area. We believe he can do something for us in this area. We believe he hears us when we pray. And so we're going to pray. We're not embarrassed to ask. Don't be embarrassed to ask. The Lord said, ask and you shall receive. So don't go and say, Lord, you know what I need. Say, say, Lord, this is exactly what I need. I need help of my family. I need help in my job. I need help in my body. I need help in my finances. Wherever you need help, be willing to step up and go, Lord, I need your help. But don't stop there. Don't just stop and say, Lord, I need help. Please walk away. It said, with thanksgiving. Oh, you know what that is? That's just like Bartimaeus throwing the coat away. When you pray, Lord, I need some help with my family. But Lord, I want to thank you ahead of time that you heard my prayer. Thank you for your help. I'm throwing away the coat. I'm going to walk away and go, Lord, thank you. Thank you. With Thanksgiving. What are you thanking him for? Not the problem, the answer. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Thank you for an answer. Now, I just, you did the very same thing that the first service did. Everybody got quiet. Because all of us recognize that these are areas that all of us can, can absolutely pick it up in. And I'm one of them. I was talking about joy. I said, there's two areas that really stood out to me. One is I can pick it up in my rejoicing because I have a tendency to move on to the next problem. I'm just talking about me. Y'all just look straight ahead and go, praise God, we're praying for our pastor. So I, <laughs> I can pick it up in that area and I can also pick it up in the graciousness. I, I have a tendency, I have, a, I have what they call a type A personality. That is not an excuse. If the Bible said, let your graciousness be known, then let it be known. And I, could, I can often come off as abrupt and my wife tells me, when I shared this with her, I was hoping she would go, oh, no. She's like, oh, yeah, you can do better in that area. So, so listen, all of us are in this together. We are learning together. We are leveling up together. If you tell me I have no area I need to improve in, come on down to the front. I will lay hands on you and pray for you for lying. And we are, all of us are learning. But it's important that we do expressions of our faith. One, one of my favorite stories, and we'll close. A, a single father uh, had a little six-year-old boy. His mother died about two years prior, and he's doing his best to raise kid. I, uh, my heart goes out to single moms and dads. That's a tough job. And he is doing his best to raise his little boy, and he told his little boy, he said, tomorrow we're going to go on a picnic. And the little boy had never been on a picnic, and he told him what it was. The little boy was so excited. So he put him to bed, and he had been in bed like two minutes, and he heard pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and he comes in, he pops his head in the door, he said, Daddy, I am so excited about this picnic tomorrow. I am so, and the dad said, 
son, we're going to have a great time, but I need you to get some sleep. Go back to bed. So the little boy goes back. He can't sleep. His dad can, but he comes in, wakes his dad up again. Daddy, I'm just, I'm just so excited about the picnic tomorrow. And, and the father's getting, he's like, son, I need you to go back to bed. We're going to picnic is tomorrow, please. Little boy goes back to bed. Father goes sound asleep. Little boy does not go sound asleep. And he does what every parent has experienced at least once in their life, is have your child stand right over your face. <laughs> and he wakes up, and the little boy's face is right there. And he's about to get angry until he sees the look on his face. And the little boy looked at his dad. He said, Daddy, he said, I just want to thank you for tomorrow. I read that. I went, ooh, thank you for tomorrow. Boy, if any of us can say thank you for tomorrow, it's us. It's us. Lord, I want to thank you. You said you would never leave me or forsake me. I got help today. I got help tomorrow. Lord, I want to thank you that you've not taken your hand off my life, off my family, off our church, off our country. I want to thank you for tomorrow. And I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you that when my life here is done, I want to thank you, especially I've got a place to go and it's a good place to go. Lord, I want to thank you for tomorrow. Expressions of our faith. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Alan, I, I, I don't know that I've ever made Jesus my Lord. Or I've been, I, I did that, but I'm kind of like you. I got away from him. And I want to say a prayer. One of the greatest things you can do is express your faith by making that decision and coming close to him. Would you bow your head just for a moment? As your head's bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and you say, Alan, I've never made Jesus my Lord, or I'm not sure, but I want to be. Or you say, I've been away from him, and I want to come back. Would you pray for me? We're going to do that. We're going to pray for you just a moment. But if that's you that I'm talking to, I just need you to have an act, as an act of your faith, just to raise raise your hand and go, Alan, that's me. I, I want to know the Lord, or I want to come back to him. If you'd slip your hand up real quick across this auditorium. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, all up, all over the place. Anybody else? Say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for that act of faith. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Listen, you say, well, I missed my chance. I didn't, I didn't lift my hand. But you can still pray this prayer as an act of your faith. You can, you can believe, but then you can pray this out loud with us. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. The heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer today. For those who made that step of faith to either come back or to come to you for the very first time, we rejoice with them in that. Best days of their life. And Father, for the rest of us, thank you for tomorrow. Thank you that you have our future. Thank you you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you we have something to rejoice about. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.